Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show hey car fiends and gearheads welcome to driven radio your weekly automotive happy hour i am brett hatfield here with our engineer and co-host mr mark Groves, yo and mr Corey pratt of craving cars on youtube that's me we are coming to you from driven radio studios in beautiful and it has been beautiful indeed overland park kansas uh corvette's been sitting in the garage for a couple weeks and i haven't put the top up nice screw that man the cold days i just stay home <laughs> you can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at driven radio show and listen everywhere find podcasts or heard i'm just i'm in a good mood man this is well, it has been a nice day it was a gorgeous day today uh we've got fun stuff coming up later this week and this weekend it just i'm it's a good I, week i cannot believe we're getting weather this nice in December. Oh, don't worry. It's it's the Midwest. It's the most passive oh, no, aggressive, you know, <laughs> no, after manic Christmas, depressive thing. After Christmas, I fully expect to be kicked in the junk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Nature is going to come by and say, "I ah, guess what? You're going to pay for it now." Old Man Winter is not kind, but he's got great aim. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. If you like what you're hearing, we sure apologize to you. Uh, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell all your gearhead friends if there's something you would like to hear more of or if you have an interesting story please tell us send us your emails to brett at drivenradioshow.com gentlemen's yes with the weather this night nice, you have to have been doing something decent what'd you do with cars this week or well actually the porsche stayed home when i went to chicago oh what what's in chicago uh well, what well was? i was Oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Court date? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, the wife and I just took off. We uh, we took we took the GTI um, and just we drove up. There's, there was some kind of uh, a family ish. They're not technically family, but they're you know close yeah. enough that they're family that we saw sure. while we were up there. But just nice. kind of hung out, uh, did a thing for the weekend just to be nice to get away, and it wasn't snowy. And uh, how'd your getting go? We got to go. It, it, the GTI go all right? Oh yeah. That sucker goes good. And when she's sleeping, I can drive faster. <laughs> the story of my life. Oh, yeah. That thing gets up pretty damn good. <laughs> hey I think I've done that a few times. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I, I do want to say this. I do want to bring this up because it starts today. Mm-hmm. I've got something I've never had before. I've got an advent calendar. This is a beer advent A wait, German wait, wait, wait. beer First, advent dude, calendar. that's an event calendar. You're going to have to explain it to me because I am a godless heathen, but I do like a fine beer. Well, let's just say the next 24 days in a row, I'm going to have at least one beer a day. Oh, I've seen that in a movie where they open the little doors yeah. on the little calendar thing and it's a new day and then yeah, it, there's it, something special about it. It'd be like a that. piece of candy usually or something if like that. If you haven't gotten to it yet, mister, I'm going to make sure that comes before the interview section on the show. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, fear not. <laughs> You'll need it. <laughs> the bar is right, right there. there. Well, don't worry. Uh, I'll do that too. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I actually rode the bike for about 20 minutes. I hadn't, you know, hadn't touched it in like a month and a half. Well, I know your, uh, your garage now is Oh, my maze. God. It's, it's, uh, 
it's outstanding. You open it up, and it's just a wall, and the neighbors are all like, what's going on? I'm like, ah, you know, kids are moving from apartments to apartments, and there's kind of a little lag time in We're between. We're going to be so. having a post-Christmas garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> there's stuff in there I haven't seen in years. I'm like, oh, that's your little skateboard thing. <laughs> that's adorable. I'm so glad it's in the way. That's fun. I love and that. And I'm glad you left it in front of the door on its wheels. Oh, yeah. It's somewhere under there is my motorcycle. But it was a, it was a beautiful day, and uh, and got to go out right in and just got to enjoy that. It is December 1st when we're recording this. Today was 64 degrees in Kansas Crazy. City. Crazy. I went and got tomorrow, a haircut. Beautiful. Tomorrow yep. is 74 degrees in Kansas City. And like now, I what's said, the day, uh, day after it, though? 49? No, no, no. no. Isn't it? Today is good. Tomorrow is good. Friday is good. Saturday. Saturday can okay, suck. It. There it is. That's that's where the backhand comes across. <laughs> but, show you like that. But there's yeah. also a lot of fifty degree days or fifty plus degree days we've got coming up next week. So, like I said, man, as long as I can leave the top down on the Corvette and keep driving, I'll put on a sweatshirt or whatever. I consider no longer able to do Corvette top and down and heater on. 40s, maybe? Oh, gotcha. But yeah, yeah. you're wearing a coat and you got gloves on and all that other stuff. So um, I'm going to try as long as I can because I know that really crap winter is coming. And you're right. Mother, <laughs> Mother Nature's going to kick us in the ding-ding. <laughs> Wasn't that in Game oh, of Thrones? Yeah. Crap winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's Jon Snow. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh I did a lot of stuff this week. I have begun doing something that I've talked about for a long time. I've begun resurrecting the Mercedes XS 600. I saw your listing on Facebook. Did the, you get a bite? Uh, the shop. Yeah. I, I found some help. Uh, we're going to dig the Schadenfreude Express out of the <laughs> warehouse. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start turning like we're that. gonna start turning wrenches on that thing. The uh, the four wheeled expression of evil is going to be returned to its former glory. Nice. Hopefully, uh, again, been driving the sixty five as much as and, I possibly can. Then we're gonna can. take that bad boy across the country. I, I, I would like to. Yeah. I'd like and to we're sit gonna in the get back a case of whiskey. Because yeah. <laughs> how many twelve? How many numbers are after that V? Uh, twelve. 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 Damn. Which is, uh, don't forget, kitties, that's Glorious two spark plugs cylinders. per cylinder. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> it's a 12. And, it's 24. They screwed you so hard. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. Individual <laughs> coil packs per cylinder. Oh, my God. I've already replaced those because they were over. I can like, hear them laughing uh, now. Oh, look yeah. at him. Look at the man buy all this stuff. I'm, I'm so is it, be, is it one coil pack per two on a cylinder? Or do you have no, two coil packs per no, each, no, 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 for no. each cylinder? One coil pack, two plugs. Okay. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's still a lot, you know That's a lot. somewhere there are German That's engineers twice as many are going. Packs I, have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could, another soccer. I cannot <laughs> believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, very importantly, Mecum, Kansas City starts tomorrow. I will be down there covering that for Sports Car Market. And our guest, who's sitting over to my right, <laughs> B. Mitchell Carlson, will be covering it for. Another publication. We'll let him tell you about that. Awesome. Uh, oh, and finally, I celebrated one year at GM Authority yesterday. Wow. God, Congrats. did that smoke by? Congrats. Yeah, just boom. Yeah. It, it that took no time at all. I think we were talking about that. It was like, didn't you start that like three or four months ago? Uh, yeah, 281 <laughs> articles in a year. 
Nice. There you go, dude. So isn't nice. a uh, isn't one year anniversary a check? Not in our yeah. profession. It's not check engine light. <laughs> yeah. No. Check no, there is not. You wreck yourself. Uh, I, 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 oh, oh, Bill. Check never your mind. privilege. Never mind. <laughs> Tomorrow I might get paid for what I wrote in November, but that's about it. That's what I mean. One year after you started, you finally get a check. Oh, well. Oh, oh, oh. No. Check your area. Here's, here's the upside oh, of working for GM Authority, Ford Authority, and Motrolux. You work a month, you get paid. You work a month, you get paid. They pay you on the first of the next month. So I'm kind of guessing when I get back up to my office and check my email, my money's right there. They they pay right then. Nice. Which is unusual cool. for auto journalism of any kind. Man, you got to love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, just don't spend it all on when you supersize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Huckers uh, and craggers. Hey, hey, hey. It's, it's, it's I, I might be Mercedes. able to get close if we see that $25 an hour from McDonald's employees we were talking about before the show. <laughs> Holy I'm loving it. crap, dude. <laughs> Uh, this week in the news, Aston Martin are bringing back the V12 Vantage one more time. Ken Block's 14-year-old daughter is going to show drag racers how to get down and all the cool stuff you should know about the Corvette C06. Our special guest this week is auto journalist B. Mitchell Carlson. He is going to tell us all about how he got involved in this fantabulous profession, what's in his personal collection, and some of the more interesting things he's seen cross the auction block this year. We got plenty of news to get to this week, so let's get it started. All right, from a place that Brett does not have to have a subscription to. <laughs> car and Driver. Yet. Thank you, Car and so Driver. Yet. 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 But it's also Hurst. Pigs. <laughs> Aston Martin confirms V12 Vantage will roar again. And that, you know, just without reading anything else here, that just makes me excited because how many years in a row have we heard? Nope, no more V12s. We're not going to have any more V12s. And then, boom, another V12. I think V12. I'd be more excited if they said my V12 would roar again. But, well, yeah, I was, I was getting into that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was. Okay. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> the recent press release from Aston Martin concerning the V12 Vantage was brief to the point of being blunt. You've heard about it. You will certainly hear it coming. V12 Vantage, it's not just a limited edition. It's a final edition returning for 2022. So. Yeah, and we hear that from uh, Cheap Trick also uh-huh. over and over again. Uh-huh. Possibly. Yeah. They'll make another one. Uh, so, maybe, so you're trying yeah. to say Aston Martin's the Cheap Trick of cars? Yeah, it's what I'm talking about. Right on. In about 15 years, there'll be one that comes out with a dash plaque. <laughs> and a V12? Yeah, it's, and it <laughs> comes okay. with a double neck guitar, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I like those dash plaques. Uh, a teaser video accompanying the release promises a truly savaging engine noise. Have you heard of this? Uh, I have heard it. It sounds exceptional. I will have the link posted on readthedriven.com. Nice. And it made me reconsider whether or not I'd swap out the exhaust on that Schadenfreude Express. I want it to sound like that. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. So when Car and Driver drove the V12 Speedster earlier this year, they were informed that the windshield-free lightweight's underbody structure combined with the front end of the DBS Super Legera with the rear of the Vantage Roadster. Does that sound like they just took some stuff they had laying around and glued it together? They they have a warehouse with shelves of stuff on it. Okay. They just said, we'll take that and that and that and that, <laughs> and they glued, this, glued it together, that. and there you go. Uh, it could uh, be safely presumed that the V12 Vantage is 
based on the same underpinnings and, and you know, once again, they pick the same stuff off the shelf, mm-hmm. that uses will likely uh, be a similarly uh, brawny version of the company's twin turbocharged 690 horsepower, 5.2 liter wow. V12. Uh, yes, please. I'd like to hear that thing whine. Uh, if you check on your little computer there, I have that pulled up for you. <laughs> you know, I'll do that during break. Uh-huh. <laughs> might have, might have yeah. to add a snippet of that yeah. in. Buddy. Yeah, I'll leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> From RoadTrack.com, Ken Block's 14-year-old daughter is going to drag race a bunch of cars. In a 1,400-horsepower unicorn Mustang. This is from a source I had to pay for. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is paid programming. I've heard Thank about you this. very much. I've heard about this place. Hoonigan announced today it's launching Season 2 of Hoonicorn vs. the World. It's a web series on YouTube where Ken Block drag races an assortment of ridiculous and very cool vehicles on a runway using his... Oh, my God, 1,400-horsepower Gymkhana Mustang. Uh-huh. If you've ever seen this crazy thing, it's both oh, yeah. beautiful and a little scary. And all-wheel drive and 1,400-horse and probably rockets you out of the pocket uh, like a you slingshot. <laughs> the thing sits so low with tires that it's about as fast as I've ever seen them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For season two, there's a major twist, though. Instead of block driving the unicorn, it'll be his 14-year-old daughter, Leah. That sounds responsible. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Young. Father of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Despite her age, Leah is no stranger to driving uh, Ken's Gymkhana cars. Last year, she learned how to drift while behind the wheel of Ken's 1978 MK2 Ford Escort. I'm guessing this is a little different. You know, it's so funny. We talked about Escorts. What was it? It was two shows ago. Yeah, Uh, this is not the same thing. No, it's not. It's not. not This is a rally car. This is not the crap wagons we were looking at. Yeah, he's talking about some rally car that they did. From the year I graduated high school, 1980s? No? No, No, not the same. Well, she'll be racing against cars such as a Tesla Model S Plaid and one of the world's fastest Nissan GTRs using that heavily modified 65 Mustang. Uh, The first episode has Leah going up against a 4,000 horsepower pro stock Corvette driven by NHR driver Alex Laughlin. You know where I'm putting my money. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put it on Leah. Really? Yeah, because I think he will feel a little pity I and then that, he's going to get smoked. That, that pro I stock, want that pro stock vet to suck the headlights out of that Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> that pro stock will have to explode for it to not win. <laughs> I just want to hear, you know, the cars roaring and her, her going. <laughs> Nah. All the way down. No, nah, I want to see that pro stalker just <laughs> peel the paint off that thing. <laughs> That's with like the, a three-second car. Come on. <laughs> with the excitement from the fans on season one, we knew it had to come back, Ken Block said in a statement. Quote, I hadn't planned to race the Hoonicorn again since my contract with Ford expired at the end of 2020, but at the same time, Leah was taking a serious interest in rating, racing. Uh, Dad, could I like have the keys? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah, there's no boy that's going to date you when you come rolling up in this. <laughs> no, no, are you kidding? Every kid in that school is going to want to have a <laughs> date with her. Yeah, Bring your car, so. dude. Well, yeah. No, there's no way they'll outrun her dad. <laughs> uh, better treat me right. Papa's coming out. Dad will probably put her in that and put the guys in that unicorn just scare the hell out of them. End of his statement. We've got to keep a block in the unicorn, just a different block. Unquote. So oh, there you uh, go. that should be really fun. And I, I got total fingers crossed for. Her. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think it's cool that he's giving her that shot. I want to see that girl yeah. go take her driver's license test on that car. Oh, could you imagine? She's drifting to be able to parallel park. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can you put it in between these two cars? Yeah. Are you wearing your Depends? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Tiger. You touch that brake, I'll break your arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, from a source I didn't have to pay for, Haggerty. Uh, has an article about all the details you want to know about the Corvette Z06's 670 uh. horsepower LT6 V8. This article got 
deep, deep, deep into the weeds. I tried to cut down as much as I could. I will have a link for this on readthedriven.com. If you want to go read all the details, it's lengthy. It's lengthy. Let's hit Got some it. of the highlights here real quick. When Chevrolet unveiled the 2023 Corvette Z06, several development engineers were on hand to answer questions. A group of current Corvette owners was in attendance, and the details of the LT6 and its astonishing 670 horsepower 670 oh, yeah. horsepower output was all they wanted to talk about, and I understand that. Remember, it's naturally aspirated people. No turbos. N-A, baby. No superchargers. Flat plane crank. No nitrous. Yep. 5.5 wow. liters. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, engineer Dustin Gartner explained the intricacies of the LT6 V8 thus. Uh, first thing you need to know about it. The LT6 is nicknamed Gemini. It's a nod to the Corvette's link to the NASA astronauts with a high and a highlight that this Corvette team's moonshot was to build a naturally aspirated V8 that could surpass the LT4. The rocket cast into the engine's front cover, it's so cool, is one of dozens of Easter eggs found in the engine bay. This engine has five, count them, one, two, three, four, five, five camshafts. There are the two camshafts mounted above each cylinder head, activating two valves per cylinder, as you'd expect on a 32-valve V8. But there's also a short two-lobe camshaft mounted in the valley of the V that drives a pair of high-pressure fuel pumps that each supply fuel for one of the bank's direct injection system. It has virtually nothing in common with Cadillac's Blackwing V8. Some early rumors indicated the LT6 would be based on the Cadillac's twin-turbo V8, but that's not the case. The block heads, cams, and intake are all unique to the LT6. Pistons are made by CP Carrillo. It's just so much cool crap in this car. CP Carrillo is known in the aftermarket uh, world for making tough, reliable pistons for racing applications, and the LT6 demanded lightweight, low-profile pistons that would survive at high engine speeds. Ticking through a few more of these. They've got diamond-like carbon coatings used on multiple engine surfaces. It's not designed for short service intervals. They made this thing to go a long time in between service. The front damper on the engine is aluminum. It's super lightweight. It runs at 70, it has a 70 degree Celsius or 158 degree uh, Fahrenheit thermostat, so it runs cool, a lot cooler than you'd think. And each engine will have a 20 minute dyno break in cycle before it leaves the factory. There's a handful of other really cool uh, stats about this. Go to driven. Uh, go to readthedriven.com. We'll have the links to the article. You need to go check this out. There's too much cool stuff. You know that uh, 20 minute dyno is smart because who who is going to be able to not put their foot in it in that first 500 miles? I well, mean, come on. Well, they recommend a 500 mile break in, but they also said on the 20 minute dyno, there's going to be a 7600 RPM run at wide open throttle before it leaves the factory just to make sure that everything is doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. You know, you read this and everything just right there sums that up when we talked about where this engine actually came from. And it came from their racing division. This is a race. This is their C8R engine. And there's a bunch of other stuff how when it's at speed, uh, the air intake is essentially supercharging the air that comes into the plenum. There's, it just, it's a great article. You need to give it a look. What are the guys across the pond going to do when this car hits? 
Oh man, uh, I, I if I was working at Ferrari, I'd be really nervous. <laughs> I'd be truly scared. Mm. It may not have a prancing horse all over it, but Chevy is making a car that will be the measure of lots of other supercars for a fraction of the price. Yeah, and even though the price isn't what those are, I still want to say that this is going to be America's exotic supercar. Yeah, I think it is too. I think it is too. My hope is that they make a ZR1. I don't think they're going to. I bet the next thing that comes out will be some variety of hybrid. You know, we've talked about that before, and they've said that the next thing is a 900 to 1,000 horsepower hybrid Corvette. Do you, do you think they'll title that the ZR1? I don't know. I want. I, you know, I've heard that they're talking about calling it the E-Ray oh, because it's right. a hybrid. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I want to drive all of them. I want to drive <laughs> all of them. Yep, uh, starting with this one right here. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, in segment two, we're going to get a chance to pick on B. Mitchell Carlson over here. He is our special guest this week, and he's been an auto journalist for over 30 years. He's going to be here to discuss how he got involved in this profession, what he has in his collection, and what are some of the more interesting things he's seen cross the auction block this year. All this and much more is coming up next here on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is B. Mitchell Carlson. He writes for Sports Car Market Magazine. Yeah, we both do. Uh, his <laughs> newsletter We're both ed- senior auction editor. Yeah, now, nice. we, now we are. Now that I oh, not even analyst editors <laughs> now. Ooh, yeah, tingly. Yeah, now that I got that promotion, we can beg for a different class of cocktail at the bar. <laughs> Good luck with that plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he is the newsletter editor for the North Dakota chapter of the Military Vehicle Preservation Association and is the librarian for a growing historical automotive literature archive. He is currently in town covering the Mecham auction for Old Cars Magazine. BC, welcome to Driven Radio. Glad to be here. You've really? been doing this for a <laughs> long time, mister. You've been writing about cars and auctions almost forever. How did you get into this particular business? Well, first first off, it's been 31 years. That's a long wow, time, Jack. Well, I'm going to say, 9,470 years in, like, dog years, I believe. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but that's uh, rough. It's one of those things that nice. actually, this was... Kind of a side gig. Um, <laughs> I've actually been uh, writing auction reports and, and such um, longer than I actually had my day job that I retired from two years ago. Dang. Oh. Um, it, it started out um, when I first got hired by that in, in the telecommunications industry by a major telecommunications provider, which we won't no. World <laughs> talk about, but uh, they have a major part. Uh, presence here in Kansas City, so we really shouldn't talk about them. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I worked for them for six months, got laid off for a little while, um, and Bastard. I Sons one of the up. gents that I uh, one of my buddies when I was in the U.S. Air Force during the 1980s, working for Uncle Ronnie. Um, his dad was the auction editor for Old Cars Weekly, oh, and cool. I had made the comment that you know I wouldn't mind giving that a try. It's I've always been a car guy at uh, 
goes back actually way back. I had mentioned earlier to you, Brett, that uh, there's a photo that my mom took when I was like nine months old, and I'm in the little crib and there's uh-huh. like the the car toys and crap that are laying around and mm-hmm. i'm not paying attention to that i'm looking at the window my dad came home from lunch with all of his other buddies that worked for the phone company and all those 40 connell lines are, are parked outside <laughs> the picture is me just looking out the window at all these Ford connell lines and see i knew like, you were a weirdo you got turned on by service vans <laughs> you got that right i know there's a puppy in the back of every one of those sons of guns and it, and it only gets worse because when i was in elementary school i was the kid who I didn't draw pictures of cars, trucks, or tractors. I drew pictures of school buses. <laughs> wow. But I like cars, trucks, and tractors. Wow. As a matter of fact, With I a clown was, driving them. I can't imagine the counseling there. <laughs> How short were these buses? <laughs> they were very long buses, as a matter of fact. Shh, I told you not to harass the guests. We're going to have to keep B. Mitchell after school. <laughs> We'd like to talk to your parents. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. I bet that was kind of cool. We have some concerns. <laughs> so it went from service vans, school buses, uh, just anything with wheels, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I grew up in a, in a rural environment, so I had neighbors that were farmers. And like I say, my, my folks both worked for a what the was then the... Um, Bell Telephone Operating Company of the area. And, mm-hmm. and grew up in, in, in rural Minnesota. So, and once again, we only get to play with cars for half the year. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's what you get for living in snowshoe country. So, <laughs> your buddy, uh, when you were off, did he suggest to his dad, hey, maybe this... Well, actually, I, I had known him for a couple of years. After I got out of the Air Force, I started going to the Iola, Iola Old Car Show okay. in Iola, Wisconsin, and got to know them real well. There's two towns called Iola? Holy crap. I didn't know that. There's an Iola, Kansas, too. Yeah, and it's actually kind of a cool small town. It has a real cool old theater. Yeah. Oh, uh, does things. And, and, and the really cool Iola, Wisconsin, is actually home to one of the largest collector car uh, swap meets Oh, in, oh. in, in the Toys. country. It's okay. like, nice. Okay. So was that the first thing you covered? Well, no, actually, I, I had attempt, attended that uh, just because I'm a car guy and like walking through the swap meet and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that um, in 1990, I was laid off from the day job over the winter and okay. was going to go down and help my uncle who snowbirds down in Arizona. And well, it's, that's a good place to go when you're in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Anywhere else just about yeah. is a good place to go in the Fair winter. trade. Yeah. Plane ticket, please. <laughs> yes. Um, so so anyway, um, they were old cars was looking for somebody to cover. It was back when a those who've been in the auction world will recognize this name. Art Wallers used to do an auction at the Phoenix Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for somebody to cover it. And it's like, you know, I'm going down to Arizona anyway. Kind of want to give this a try. And um, the the auction editor from Old Cars, once again, James T. Linsky, said, sure, go ahead, give it a try. And that kind of, it, it and, and sort of like the, the MTV uh, documentaries, 
it went downhill from there. <laughs> and then it moved on to drugs and alcohol and going to car auctions. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So how many different publications have you written for? Um, well, like I say, Old Cars Weekly is sort of the longest-termed one. Um, right after that, probably a couple of years later, I started writing for a publication called Red Power Magazine. And no, it's not the official organ of the Soviet Military Equipment Collectors Club. <laughs> it's of actually it isn't. <laughs> nine, nine. It actually it it's for international harvester collectors. Oh, and okay. I I I perceived a need for somebody to do a regular truck column because ostensibly. Otherwise, it's tractor loonies. Were you quite <laughs> frank about it? <laughs> Nothing wrong with international harvester oh tractors. Oh, my God. There's a there's a, a Fairgrove uh, Heritage Festival down in Fairgrove, Missouri. If you ever want to see a, uh, a um, parade that is, you know, you got the old people that go in the front and the veterans and all that stuff. It's really cool. Then the high school bands come through beating the crap out of every instrument possible. And then you have the tractors. If you can't play them well, play them loud. And mm-hmm. The tractors. Did I mention tractors? Sweet mother of God. <laughs> there are so many tractors. I didn't know there were that many tractors in the world. And all of them run, and most of them have little glass things Holy uh, that the fuel goes through. It was re- it was really kind of cool until you hit about the 60th one, and then you're like, just can you kill me? So, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm de- yeah okay. Throw the candy into my eyeballs. Anyway, not to, uh, not to take us off uh, target. Which, okay, which is not too far from pretty much the reason I said, you know, you need somebody to have a truck column here, and I think that somebody is me. And I and I love international harvester trucks. They're so weird looking that they just they kind of come around the the loop to cool. It's almost like those old Studebaker trucks, except with more cajones. International harvester, <laughs> Studebaker, and AMC. Something got into all three of those mixes. Yeah, yeah. Was, you're you're the weird cousin. Uh huh. But I like you. Yeah. So good on you. So you're writing about these well, trucks. Well, yes. As a matter of fact, back in the early 1990s, this was pretty much back when pocket change would buy a decent international pickup. Uh-huh. They were highly unappreciated. And well, then again, that was back when pickup trucks were just sort of, well, like you say, the the, the slow cousin who took the short bus. <laughs> you know, that you drew. Uh, you know, had, yeah, that, you know. How was, long was, does he have to wear that helmet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Tony, you make it look good, son, but damn. <laughs> I bet you he can tell you what every window in that bus tastes like. <laughs> And, of course, oh, now, 30 so years long. later, I can kind of look back at those folks and say, up yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Based Amen. on what truck, where the truck market is at now. But anyway, <laughs> that was the next one I got most heavily involved with. And Old Cars, which was weekly. Which, yes, actually, Old point. Cars is now, Old cars. last month they had their 50th anniversary. Wow. And it was Old Cars back then because it was monthly at that point. It was founded by Chet Krausley. Mm-hmm. And... They moved into weekly in the late 1970s, I believe. Okay. Wow. And generally kept it as a weekly publication until kind of a long story made dreadfully about corporate America being ugly, where they were actually a a employee stock ownership company that Uh made a change that you know, they then allowed themselves to be bought out by a major corporate communications entity uh. that basically bent them over the stump and raped them blind. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you truly feel. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it. I'm not even an employee. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it if you didn't candy coat things, really. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> They've been now acquired by another cor- corporation called Active Inter- um, AIM. Okay. Act- Active Interactive, um, American Interactive Media. There you go. And they're big. They were big into things like you know skydiving quarterly, lifestyle sort of publications. Skydiving quarterly. Yeah, something like that. The CEO of the company um, was looking for an automotive publication because he was into Volkswagen Beetles. Ah. And it's like ah, a readily known. It it's out there. Everybody knows about it. Who's into the vintage vehicle world, and it's there for the picking. All I got to do is bid on it, and it it's now under their control and is coming back to their former glory. I guess is the best way nice. I can state well, it. Matter of fact, they just had their fiftieth anniversary issue um, in the middle of November, and once again, um, they're back to doing twice a month. Basically, the the first week and the third week of of every month. So, so it's it's old cars semi monthly or bi weekly. It just old back to old cars. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> hey man, I'm just trying to figure we, out. We look, Tiger. That's a difference well, between twenty four hey, to twenty six so publications. So you've, here. you've written for old cars. You've <laughs> yep. also written for sports car market. Yes. but that that. There's an evolution to that too. How many other publications have you? Okay, to just to quickly Grace touch on, on the sports car market thing because that's you know how most people you know that's that's how I end up on on wanted posters in small towns in Kansas. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> I resemble that remark. Yes, um, it, I'd been writing for for old cars for quite some time and been attending the. Let me put it this way: the first Barrett Jackson auction I attended to was ran by Brian. Jackson. Oh, when Craig's brother was still yes, alive. Yes, when Craig yeah. last year Craig's brother was still alive before chemo took him down. Mm. Um, and so I had been, like I say, writing for old cars for quite some time. And uh, one of my fellow columnists, uh, journalist Phil Skinner, um, who also at that point had some interactions was writing for 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 Keith Martin, said, "You know, you're really right for Keith. You know, you're pretty darn good here." Now, is this far enough back that? Uh, it it was still Corvette market before this. This was even before Corvette market. This oh. was when it was just sports car market. It wasn't too many years before it was the Alfa Romeo market letter. Yeah, and then Keith had bought out another market based publication. Matter of fact, I have a copy of that. Um, from because I save everything. I used to be a phone man. I'm a pack rat. <laughs> I'm a car guy. That makes it worse. Okay. So I, um, like I say, Keith turned the Alpha Male Market letter into sports car market in the early 1990s, mm-hmm. and it had been going along quite well and making a name for itself. And and once again, Phil Skinner, bless his heart, had recommended that you know, yeah, Keith, you know, Keith, you should rewrite him for Keith, and introduced me to him and it's like well okay well i don't have anybody else doing a mecham auction up at the back to the 50s up in st paul minnesota yeah we'll give you a try and uh once again just like the mtv uh uh documentary you know and then he moved on to drugs and alcohol (laughs) (laughs) so you got down to uh a warm state and then they sent you back to a cold one oh yeah well the circle is complete yeah, they needed somebody competent to cover the upper Midwest, and man, I wasn't going to go. Yeah, <laughs> fair deal. Yeah, so like I say, this was, I, I believe, my first year, I, I first 
covered the Back to the 50s auction for Mecham up there in 1998. Wow. You really have been at this a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, like I say, I'm still waiting for the 20-year Rolex. <laughs> and in addition you know, to, to sports car market, that sports car market, of course, later um, they calfed. Corvette Market, and I did some work with them. Yeah, and that's how I found Sports Car Market is through Corvette Market. What is in your personal collection? I usually have to do this in chronological order so I don't miss anything. Okay, come on. So at this point, actually that, you know, it's licensed, titled, and insured in my name, unlike a few things that, you know, may not have been, but have been parted out or taken apart real quick. <laughs> um <laughs> First on the top of the list is my my current main project, which is a 1942 Ford GPW. But you've got Jeep. something that predates oh. that. Oh yes, and it's painted green. Yeah, then there's there's the John Deere because you know, of course, being up in the Midwest there, you know, um, I have a 1926 John Deere Model E um, single cylinder gas engine. 1926. And wow. I am actually the second owner. 1926. Now, is this one of those that's little engines that, that they used to make, like, the uh, the ice cream? Yes, at exactly. The, at the fairs? Oh, that yeah. little buckle, 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 and it's just the coolest thing in the world? Yes. Does it have the little tank on top that you just pour water in? It's a wide-open tank, and that's your, your yeah. radiator? Yeah, and, 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 and when it gets hot enough, then you dip the, 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 yes! the, 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 the cob of corn in it, and you cook it that <laughs> way. Because it's yeah. steaming. It's, it's a steaming little pot of water on These top two of this engine. common ground. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I, I've gone to enough of uh, Dude, the band go elsewhere. It's the county fairs, and the, this one that I was selling books at, uh, which is my my other life. Um, <clears throat> there was a, a place next door that made the uh, you know homemade ice cream, but it, uh, I didn't give a damn about the ice cream because I went over and I looked at the little engine, and it just it, snout, it sounded like a small kid sneezing with a head cold, and it was wonderful. Uh, I loved watching it. What's it, the difference between Southern Missouri and Minnesota? Teeth. Not much. <laughs> oh. Well, actually, <laughs> not even teeth, Jack. I think it's snow, <laughs> snowshoes on bare feet. Actually, the, 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 the correct way of that, phrasing that joke is, and this comes from actually the publisher of Red Power, who's based in northern Iowa. <laughs> Those Vidalia. If you moved the border of Missouri and Iowa to Interstate 80, you would raise the IQ of two states. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong and funny. <laughs> uh, okay, you got a 26 John Deere Model E. Yes. Onto the GPW. <laughs> yes, onto the GPW. That was the classic example if back in the day when I was going to, when there were cruise auctions to go to, and Dean Cruz would be looking for things to say on lots and they come up with wonderful ones like if we give you this vehicle you couldn't restore it for what we have bit i'm living that right now because <laughs> that that gpw was given to me by a buddy of mine out in north dakota because i think i had like a turbocharger he was interested in and we like did a swap and then like i think sounds mm, equitable tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars i'm into the restoration and we're not quite there yet but then again, are you sure this is a buddy well i, I wonder of, myself <laughs> how do you put tens of thousand dollars into a, a basic jeep like that is it like collector knobs or something on it that... well see the thing is in the historic military vehicle world yeah there are base two basic camps of restorations 
There is e- there is the what we call motor pool restoration, and there's what they originally call rivet counters. I am a rivet, rivet counter. counter. Okay, uh-huh. because now we it because out. this is an early production. It's got the Jeep script on on the back of the tub, and it's with those to do them right. They're worth a ton of cash. Okay. It's it's worth getting. The special new old stock wow. exhaust manifold that I, instead of going to Monterey this year, I went to the Historic Military Vehicle <laughs> National <laughs> Convention in South Bend, Indiana, and buying stu- paying stupid money for parts that are like made out of unobtainium. And I'm still not <laughs> done with it. Didn't we talk to uh, uh, a uh, senator when it's South Dakota yeah, yeah, that yeah. was into that also? Yeah, it, and uh, belongs to an association. I yeah, it was on the sister show. It yeah. was on Road Muscle, Muscle Radio, and yeah. that guy was out of his mind. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was a great guy, but damn. Well, yeah, that was so pretty amazing. Wise. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Nailed it. Not like us well-adjusted Corvette guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Or anybody who likes Mopar. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so after the GPW, yeah, what's next in line? Moving on after the GPW, I have a 1947 International KB1. Um, I've who had, doesn't? Yeah, I got three in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, well, out in North Dakota, pretty much everybody does also. I've had that truck since 1999, back when they were stupid cheap, and now they are... Not. Not! Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, what's next in line after the International? Okay, after after the International is a 62 Corvair convertible, which was my first restoration in the early 1990s. And the, it was the same color scheme as my 63 Impala ragtop. Oh. It's that Azure Aqua with the Aqua interior and the white top. What a cool little car. Mm-hmm. And what a chick magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see that. Hey, you want to come on over and see my bus etchings? <laughs> <laughs> okay, next car after the Corvair. Actually, I, I and then I've got a 64 Ford uh, country sedan station wagon. Okay. There you go. If if you're a Ford loony, and of course, you know, Wood is that, grain? Is that, is that crickets I hear in the mm-hmm. background in this room? I can't do the cricket. Who hand? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't have that sound effects here. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, that car is kind of uh, appealing to me because, one, it was built on April 17th, 1964. And if you know anything about Mustangs, that was the day they were introduced. Really? Yes, really. So it was, yeah. it was so built I, the day Mustang It debuted. was built the day the Mustang came out. Which means out. it got no love, and there's probably missing bolts. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and it was, secondly, it was built at the Twin Cities Assembly Plant, oh, you know, cool. close to where I'm from. Cool. And third, it nice. was built two days before I was born. Ah, nice. That's oh, cool. Wow. So okay. it's kind of one of those odd, Does everything kind of comes together on it. And I don't it know. And it's just... It's, and it's going to need everything to restore. Does it, it have wood paneling? No, it does not. It's oh. a country sedan, not a country squire. Oh, squire. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The squire got the wood. Well, like I say, that's right. right. you know, wood, no wood, no Ford sedan. people. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn these Porsche people one way or another. <laughs> so what is next in line? Next got- in line is actually the newest member of the fleet. Yeah, right? I've been waiting for you to bring this up. Okay, actually here recently this fall... Um, this is once again kind of channeling some of my, you know, my past. I got a '68 Ford F250 pickup. There you go. Nice. My dad had a '68 F100 back when I was growing up, and it was the that was the first vehicle I ever drove, and that Aww. had 
a 360 in it with a granny lull. My truck now ha- has a 360 with a C4 automatic on it. But the thing with my dad's truck is me, my brother, and my sister, we had to qualify to be able to drive that, to be able to drive anything that had an automatic in the family uh, fleet. Oh, well, now that's a, a manual transmission is considered a millennial theft device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or anti-theft device. Anti-theft, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not going to be able to run off with this, are they? Mm-hmm. So after the truck, it's God, you got a big collection, man. So what comes after the truck? After the truck is the 1970 BMW 2800CS. That was one of those that when I was in the Air Force in West Germany for three years, um, originally I thought I wanted a, uh, a 6 Series, but ended up with a 728. And but I kept seeing these these E nines out there, and yeah, maybe one of these. Days. Dude, that's cool. That has really thin pillars on A and C pillars, and a good greenhouse. That's that, a cool looking. That's car, one of the man. few BMWs I actually. Like. Oh yes, yeah. so that's actually that's that. one of those when Chris Bangle took over the helm at BMW Design. There were a number of us in the the CS registry that felt that somebody in Europe just needs to park one of those in the lobby of the design center so, so they could just look at it. pull their head out. <laughs> uh, instead, you wind up with the bangle butt. Yeah, and instead, now we end up with, actually, God, I wish we still had the bangle butt. You know, we've got the squared out schnozzes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the, 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 new, the new kidneys, it, it's, I don't even mm, want to get into yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's okay. like you don't see like, it. You don't see this car. The, the 2800 Never. is sexy. That is a good-looking car. Yeah. What else is after the, the 2800? Okay, after the 2800, we get into, I've got a 78 Lincoln Continental Mark V Diamond Jubilee. That is an all-original car. Spe- 40, talk, oh, uh, Mark talk, looks like he's going to need yeah, a cold shower yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> talk about pulling chicks. <laughs> got the well, land yacht. Well, yeah, actually, when I was still you know, at the day job, a couple of guys said, we're going to get you a purple hat in, a, in an ocelot <laughs> stole. <laughs> but, nice. b- but that car is all original. Actually, I ended up we ended up using it in the Lincoln Continental Owner Club as Truly. one of the vehicles that another one of those thankless, you know. Now, no- now, everybody who's listening, and including the guys around this table, are thinking, pimp mobile. But... Describe that car and what it really is. Well, that car in 1978, 1978 was Ford's 75th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Ford had come out with two cars to commemorate that. There was a 75th anniversary T-Bird, mm-hmm. and there was the 75th anniversary Mark V. The 75th anniversary Mark V was a... There were a couple of unique firsts for Ford Motor Company with that car. First, it was... The first Ford product to sell for over $20,000 on the sticker, and it was the first regular production Ford to have clear coat paint. Wow, really? That and the Lincoln Versailles. That made it appealing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was what GM did it. They were appealing. (laughs) Through the 80s and into the early 90s. It's appealing in the driveway right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've seen the car. 
it is spectacular. Well, those doors are longer than most small cars right now. Yeah. Just the well, doors. And, They're and amazing. The, there's an acre of hood. And I'm, oh, my God. Yeah, you could play table tennis on that thing. I was, I was thinking you could use it as a driving... <laughs> driving range? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, you, usually you they set say, up a tee box on that thing. Yeah, usually they say aircraft carrier, but my 2013 Ford Super Crew F-150 parked outside here uh-huh. is longer and heavier by a thousand pounds. Really? That I would, is surprising. I would expect heavier. I'm a little surprised by longer. Okay. After that, what's next in line? What's next in line is God, how do you even remember? Actually, I, think, I, I think it was the Dude, I thought I had a lot of cars. I, I think it actually was the was, yeah, that it was the F one fifty, but that's there's one more beyond that. There okay. is the there's the current <clears throat> company car which is a 2019 ford mustang gt uh yeah i've right. i've seen uh nice, the blue nice mustang economical company car it, yes the little blue pony it yes. is with the 460 friends waiting under the hood yeah. <laughs> yeah it's slick it is super slick good grief uh digging into all of that so what's your favorite thing to drive it's split smart car <laughs> it is not <laughs> Bite your forked tongue, Nave. <laughs> All I was going to say, Toyota Prius. <laughs> nah. it, it literally kind of depends on the particular day because there's days where I just enjoy, you know, taking the, the 47. A good example with the, with the 47 International KV1 is one Saturday morning, I hauled 1,800 pounds of scrap iron to the, to the junkyard, mm-hmm. hosed it down, and took it to cruise night. How many collector vehicles can you do that with? Pretty sure I can't get away with that in a Corvette. Nah, nah not in one of the Corvettes. So, not quite as know, much scrap metal. It, it, it's one of those that it kind of depends on my mood, but if I had to distill it down to if I could only keep a couple, three vehicles, it would boil down to that, that 47 International, the E9 Coupe, well, of course, where I'm at, the, the F-150 is sort of one of those, you know, you, it's sort of like the secret handshake to stay up there. But I really <laughs> like that that 2019 Mustang GT to run around with. Yeah, I yeah. can't say that I blame you. Since the COVID auction drought has broken, uh, you've been canvassing the upper Midwest. What interesting trends are you seeing at auctions? Well, auctions are definitely back in in full swing again, and really, they have been for for over a year. I was one of the first at sports car market to really start hammering at home when a lot of people were kind of saying, well, we need to hide in the basement because we're all going to die sort of thing, and I'm going, yeah, well, eventually anyway, but there's a neat Vanderbrink sale coming up here in two weeks. Um (laughs) The whole tactile experience of the live auction. And and you and I have had this conversation a lot about people who are saying everything's going to online, online is the future, and all of that. But when you do strictly online auctions, you miss so very much. Yes, actually, I've, I've, I've used the phrase in a couple of my reports of until they can come up with the app that'll duplicate dead gas smell, it's not really like being there. <laughs> 
you, you open a car. Accepted, yes. <laughs> you open a car at an auction Mark and you get a musty smell or Dead a gas. leather smell. Mm-hmm. You open the hood and you smell something that smells like rotting varnish. There's an awful lot of tactile sensation that goes on at a live auction that you don't yeah. get when you're doing things online. You don't get to see cracked tires and you don't get to see aged hard weather strip and you miss the smells and again all the tactile sensations, being able to touch it and know what the car is. So I absolutely agree. I don't think those are going away anytime soon. Yes, as a matter of fact, you'll get all those tactile smells when you, on those online Tomorrow cars you purchase morning. when it comes kicked off the truck and you go, Well, where's this uh original paint? Low mile, mm. you know, that you said, yeah, maybe not. Although, to defend online auctions, I actually recently was an offender. Yeah. I, I had represented a uh, client on Bring a Trailer. Pay you, attention to this, you, this you, car. You, you can try to find, you can hunt this down. I won't give you the specifics. It's easy enough to find. I represented a client in Minot, North Dakota, who bought the, Which is known as Canada South. Yeah, it, it is a state. It's not a province. Uh, but he had purchased off the estate of the original owner a 1988 560 SL with 5,300 miles on it. The running joke was the guy only drove it on nice days in my night. All 12 of them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he had owned, he bought, actually, he bought both of the past owners he had two mercedes he had that that 560 sl and an 18,000 mile 91 300e and was one of those lock stock buy buy both of them you get nothing and he did this was like say about two years ago and then covid hit and can't do anything blah 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 and that 5300 mile car just sold for yes the 5300 mile car just let go for seventy three thousand five hundred. Damn! And oh. I actually had eighty seven Mercedes rag top. Yes, and so wow. and, and the the darndest thing about this, I, I I I drilled into the guy that you know he, he I I almost had him in with one of the major auction houses for a sweetheart deal. For they would pick up the car, they would bring it down. This was one of the fall Auburn sales, mm-hmm. and well. I just I can't just turn it loose and I gotta have a reserve on it. You know, if you would have let, let let it go no reserve, we'd have turned it loose. So it had to stay in the area and I know that car deserved better. In my thirty one years of covering collector car auctions, I've never seen an R one oh seven Mercedes that nice, that original. It had all five original tires on it. it had all the paperwork. Fifty three hundred miles. And so anyway, bring a trailer makes sense for that because you put it out there in, in, a, in a worldwide market and I was getting comments all over the world from the peanut gallery. And actually we had one serious bidder who wanted, who asked if we could, he could store it till, till May. He wanted to drive it down to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> on, on, on original tires. On original tires. Well, like, well, you might do something with the tires, but it's like. Actually, it's like, nah, I think this is a car more for somebody who's a member of the Mercedes-Benz Club of America yeah. to, to basically kick it off the trailer, grab the trophy for most original R107, and go home and, you know, share champagne at, at the awards banquet. Yeah. But anyway, um, we managed to, to, to turn that car loose, 
during a blizzard in Minot last week. <laughs> it, you know, sort of like the visions of the you know selling Eskimos refrigerators. Here, I, I managed to pull off selling a red low mile convertible Mercedes during a blizzard for seventy three thousand five hundred dollars. All right, that, this brings us to the final question. And it's always my favorite question. It's always the one that you almost always has the most interesting answer. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Well, actually, it was my roommate pissing me off. I don't like a better <laughs> phrase. He was a smoker. I wasn't. At the time, I, I had recently sold off then. I had a BMW 728. I picked up a kind of a cheap, borderline crappy, but I put... Some parts in it. it was this 1970 BMW 2002. Okay. It had a TI oh, nice. head on it, a few things like that, which I, I like brought back cars. to the States and made a killing on later. That's a cool, yeah. that's yeah. A cool like car. Cars. It's yeah. a cool car, but, you know, it was rusty cheap. It was like 400 bucks. It was one of those things wow. that Germans don't buy used cars. Mm-hmm. They dump them on Americans that, you know, <laughs> you know that were over there. And? And so, anyway, we lived in an apartment about 20 kilometers from where the the site that we worked at. I was at a radar communication site. And it was all German back roads, that sort of thing. And we were on the night shift. And for one reason or another, he, he was kind of in a pissy mood. I was kind of in a pissy mood. We're driving to work, and I'm driving the 2002. And I look over, and he, he did the cardinal sin in my car. He lit a Marlboro. I look at him, and it's like, okay. I looked down the road, this windy German road. Um, oh, it, they had like a 25-kilometer turn that wove around, but there was a section where the farmers could go straight down into the fields. I had a K.K. Rosberg moment and nailed it and went through there, <laughs> off the road, through the far, farm field, God. bouncing back on the road, and I look over and the cigarette is bent. <laughs> and his eyeballs are about the size of silver dollars. So that's kind of the, the dumbest thing with a little bit hanging on. We've been speaking with B. Mitchell Carlson. He's a senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine. He also writes for Old Cars semi-monthly, bi-weekly. Uh, He's going to be covering the Mecham Auction this weekend here in Kansas City. We'll have all the links to B. Mitchell's writing on readthedriven.com. Thank you so much for being with us. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt yep. and Mark Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.